TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Jose Barrios of the first place Minnesota Twins. Two balls, two strikes from Barrios. Runner at second and a strikeout. That is strike three on a 95-mile-an-hour fastball for back-to-back strikeouts, two down now. That was the call on Fox last night. Joe Buck for the 90th annual MLB All-Star Game. This is the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 69. I'm Rami Makhlouf, along with Manny Hill. Thad Levine, Twins GM, joins us at 1220 on the show this afternoon. So uh, make sure you're tuned in for that as we look ahead to the second half of the season for your Minnesota Twins with their general manager coming up at 1220. But uh, All-Star Game last night american league comes out on top was that the eighth straight year that the american league came out on top manny or seventh i I think it was a seventh seventh okay yeah the al has been uh dominating this thing for i don't know what it's like it's like the al is like 25 six and then you have the one tie yeah like throughout our lifetime yeah the american league has pretty much been dominating this all-star game and i don't get it because it's not like at least not now, not in recent history. It's not like the Western Conference has become in the NBA, where it's just, it's like stacked, like five or six teams that are just yeah. stacked with talented rosters. And then in the Eastern Conference, you have like two teams. It's not like that in baseball in the American League and the National League. It's pretty, there's parity across the American League and the National League, both in the teams and the players. I don't understand why it's an anomaly to me why the American League dominates this game so much. Especially when you figure that the baseball All Star Game is the probably the the of the of the four of the big four All Star games that are played. It's probably the purest one. It's the closest, the, the it's, closest to the real thing, to the actual product. Yeah, right. yeah. And the fact that both teams are actually playing, and you know the pitchers are actually pitching and throwing their full arsenal of of stuff, and, right? Hitters are trying to get on base. They're trying to hit. They're trying to hit bombas. They're trying to get on. You know, they're trying to make something happen. It's not. It's the least. It's the game that looks the least like an exhibition compared to the other ones. And the fact that the American League has just been dominating it the way it has for the last thirty some years is is really really weird. Yeah, we were talking on a Purple Daily yesterday, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin and myself about the All-Star game and compared to other All-Star games like you were just saying Manny, they could they could stop the Pro Bowl and I'd be totally I wouldn't yeah. even notice. I wouldn't even notice <laughs> they still if, play the Pro if Bowl? you stop playing the Pro Bowl. I wouldn't it would, it would, it's not even it's close to my it's radar. Such a joke, I and Collar and I have the same idea. I've been saying this for years. I don't know how long Collar has been saying it, but just do a skills competition like yeah. that QB skills competition that they oh, still play those, on NFL Network all the time. Those those old QB challenges. They're that, the best. That collar nerds out on. Or I, the, I remember watching the, those when I was a kid. The obstacle great. courses that they used to put like defensive and offensive linemen through, where you'd yeah. like push a sled and then go through the the gauntlet of of tackling dummies or, or whatever yeah. the case might be. I would watch that a hundred out of a hundred times over the Pro Bowl. So much better than the yep. Pro Bowl because mm-hmm. that's not even close to a real football game. Nobody's allowed to touch each other. The NBA is kind of in between. It has the entertainment. Yeah value it has the entertainment factor of these freakish athletes just running up and down the court and scoring points at a ridiculous pace but again it's not anywhere close to the actual game baseball like you were saying manny is as close to the actual product that you get in a regular season game as you'll get in any all-star game but 
because they removed the home field advantage for the World Series, the results of it don't really matter anymore. It is now right. purely, once again, for entertainment Bragging purposes. Bragging rights for the Bragging for the rights, yeah. entertainment purposes for us at home watching. And I'm going to, I'm, I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying this first, Manny. Okay. I'm a baseball nut. I love baseball. I'm always, almost always entertained by baseball anytime I sit down and turn a baseball game on. So mm-hmm. I'm not talking about myself with what I'm about to say. Okay. And as far as the festivities and some of the, the fun around the All-Star game yesterday, great job. The whole CC Sabathia thing, the mm-hmm. miking up the players during the game and interviewing them while they're out there on the field, great stuff. Great, mm-hmm. great stuff. Really added an element of entertainment to the All-Star game that you don't get in a regular game. Okay. But as far as the game itself, and again, I'm not talking about me when I say this. I I enjoyed it because I love baseball. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for the fan that we were talking about yesterday, Manny, you and Judd and myself, mm-hmm. that you need to attract. They got me. They got you. They got Judd. They got most of the people listening to a sports talk radio station right now because we love sports. We're not going anywhere, basically, no matter what you do to it. Unless you completely ruin the sport, we're not going anywhere. So we're not the one they need to draw and attract with whatever changes they're going to make moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I said to Judd, are the juice baseballs and the home runs really a bad thing? Do we need more balls in play? Is that what's going to draw the 25- to 40-year-old or the fan who's not paying attention by to baseball right now and you need to make it more exciting for them? Because the vast majority of balls in play that aren't home runs, that aren't strikeouts, that aren't walks, the predetermined outcomes, are routine fly balls and grounders. That's what the majority of balls in play are, and most people aren't entertained by that. They want home runs, and if it is a ball in play, I want a diving catch. I want uh, a throw from the outfield to catch somebody at home or running around the bases. That's what makes a ball in play exciting, and that happens seldomly, Mm -hmm. rarely. Certainly now it happens almost never. Right. I did a little math, Manny. It's not complicated because I'm not capable of doing complicated math. But I did a little math. Mm -hmm. And between 31 outs that were not strikeouts and 11 uh, hits that were not home runs, we had 42 balls in play last night. And I think for the casual fan, not the baseball nut, like you and me and probably most of the people listening, Mm -hmm. that's probably kind of a boring game. What happened last yeah, night? Probably. Like, what do you make a highlight reel out of last night, except for the two home runs and some of the fun stuff that we were just talking about, the mic'd up, whatever. As far as the game itself goes, you put together highlight packages and highlight reels, Manny. Mm-hmm. What do you take out of that game and make a highlight reel with, other than the two home runs and the fun all-star festivities? Well, I think that is what you put, what you take out of it, right? I mean, I... I... It's hard for me to be. To, and it was to a have, quick game. It was it a was quick game. You two got two hours that. and forty eight minutes. You got that. That was the most impressive thing to me about the entire thing was that it was the game was two hours. An all star game was two hours and forty eight minutes. I know. I, I don't. I don't have I kids. I don't have a lot of responsibilities compared to most adults my age. But I'm totally fine with the pace of play and length of game for baseball. But I understand that. Most people aren't. Most people have more things going on than I do and don't have three hours to spare to sit down and watch a baseball game. I looked up at my clock at 9 o'clock last night, and it was in the seventh inning already. Yeah. I was like, I had the same, this is amazing. I had the same experience at almost the same moment. I swear, I did. I was like, wait a minute, what time, what time was first pitch? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. So I it was a fast it. game. You yes. got that, Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. But to me, again, I shouldn't say to me. My perception is that for the casual fan that you're trying to attract, last night's game was probably pretty boring. You didn't yes. get a lot of moments that that pop off the TV for you. Yeah, but I, I guess my question would be then: Do these casual fans? I'm assuming these casual fans. What you're getting at is these casual fans just want more. They want more bombos. And it's a double-edged sword because more scoring, games are going to take longer. You know what I mean? So you want more scoring, but you want faster games. So which one, what what are we doing here? But see, my thing with the the length of game has always been, it's not so much the length of game, because I'll watch a 14-inning game, especially if it's a playoff game. I'll watch a 14-inning game. For me, it's just more of the pace of a game. So I don't care if a game goes, if a game goes... 15 innings and it's four and a half hours. I'm okay with that because that that kind of tells me okay the game was moving around moving along at a at a decent pace. If it's a 14 inning game and it's five and a half hours because you know because Dusty Baker wants to make seven pitching changes in an inning, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. When when Dusty Baker did that in that playoff game a couple of years ago with the, with the Nationals, like that that drove me nuts. Um, but I, I guess, I guess my question is, do, do people want, do they want more bombas then? Like in a game like last night, are they, were they bored because there there were only two home runs hit? I think so. I think they were. And there were two, there were only two home runs hit and there were no highlight real plays in the field. Like remember Torrey Hunter robbing Barry Bonds at Miller Park. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's a highlight real defensive play. But again, what percentage of balls in play do you get? a play like that made that stands out to people that they remember like one in one in 50, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough thing because, you know, I go back to the NBA all-star game and it's like, yeah, the guys are playing very lightly on defense. They're not really trying to, you know, they're the in the NBA All Star Game. They're looking for a highlight play pretty much every time they go up and down the floor. You know, or you know James Harden or somebody or Steph Curry's th- launching a three from from thirty feet out. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, okay, well, do we want the All Star Game to be like a slow pitch softball game? I want where there's seven or eight home runs because the four. thing of it is, the thing that we criticize. You know, the NBA All-Star Game and the Pro Bowl for is that they're not really playing defense. The game isn't really as pure and it's 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 not really like the games that we see on a daily basis during those seasons. Right. I mean, if we if we want the MLB All-Star Game to start going that route where everybody's just hitting a bunch of home runs and we look at the box score and Oh, I'm not even just talking about the All-Star Game. I'm not even just talking about the All-Star Game. I'm saying Mm -hmm. this is why Rob Manfred is juicing baseballs. He'll deny it, but this is why Rap Rob Manfred <laughs> is juicing baseballs because I don't he know why. I don't, because we don't know why this is happening. He knows <laughs> what product he needs to put out there to draw the casual fan who's not watching baseball right now, and that's home runs. It's not balls in play. It's not grounders to the second baseman. It's not pop outs to the center fielder. That's not exciting. Is it strikeouts, though? Because the strikeouts are up, too. To me, it's fine. Strikeouts can be exciting if it's like a a Noah Syndergaard who's throwing like 100 miles an hour and just blowing people away. If it's Noah Syndergaard, if it's Justin Verlander, I remember 
or even you know, a technician when, like a Greg Maddox. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's, who's or, crafted? Who's who's mastered his craft to that degree? Or with strikeout? Well, you'd know this as as a Cubs guy that the day Kerry Wood struck oh, out dude. twenty against the Houston Astros, I, like that was that when when it's when I see something masterful happening, something historic, or something that you could take with you and remember for a long time, like that's when strikeouts mean a lot to me. But if it's just, you know, if it's Miguel Sano striking out four times in a game, like I don't want to see that. And we're seeing a lot of that. Right. And that and and I wonder if you know, if if the more balls you put in play, the less the less strikeouts you're going to see. That's always been my contention. And the less home runs you're gonna see the less walks you're going to see, which for entertainment purposes you could argue is a good thing. Right. I'll say balls in play is more entertaining than a walk. Sometimes oh, much it, more entertaining. Sometimes it's more entertaining than a strikeout. It's never more entertaining than a home run. Because you know, it's just not. I'm no, sorry, it's not. But I also don't. I mean, unfortunately, the the trade off that we're getting for guys hitting more home runs is that everybody's just going up to the plate, pretty much just trying to hit the ball over the fence. And the trade off to that is you're going to see less balls hit in play, which Okay, some people are bored by that, but you're also going to see more strikeouts because everybody's just going up to the plate and they're just hacking away, trying to trying to send the ball over the fence. So I don't. I mean, I I don't. It it it's almost like you said before. It's almost like a double edged sword, right? In a sense, is that okay? Well, we want more home runs. I mean, I I could take it or leave it as far as home runs are concerned, but most majority of the casual fans they want more home runs. Well, the trade-off to that is going to be more strikeouts. And do people want to see guys just go up to the plate and strike out three, four times a game? Because me personally, I don't find that as entertaining. Even if a guy hits, if a guy goes one for four, and if he hit, if the one was a home run, but the other three times he was out was were three strikeouts, I'm not entertained by that. I somewhat am. Uh, it depends. Again, it depends on how it's being done, what the style mm-hmm. is that's being used to to get that job done. But the problem now, though, too, is, you know, we go back, go back to the to the Kerry Wood thing. Like, if Kerry Wood were pitching today, like that, what's the likelihood that he actually goes the entire distance? Probably slim to none. And that's the other part is that I mean, Trevor and, Bauer had a no hitter this year. Yeah, and they yanked him out after seven innings. Yeah, I mean, and that's I th- I think that's that's kind of the. To your point, that's why it's a double-edged sword because there, there's. It's almost like to get something that you may want more of, you're going to have to sacrifice something else that you might also enjoy, for the sake of getting more of what you might want over here. If that makes sense. My story about that Kerry Wood twenty strikeout game, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it explains a why uh, explains a why I was the student that I was, <laughs> but at the same time why I do what I do for a living and was able to get here. So I'm in community college, which again, the student that I was. I Because this com- was his rookie year, 98, right? Yeah. So I'm in community college in the town that I grew up in, in Illinois. And I had some time in between classes. So I go out to my car. I'm like, the Cubs are playing. I'm going to go out to my car and listen to a little bit of this game. Mm-hmm. And I could tell. It was pretty clear to me that something special was happening. <laughs> so I never got out of my car, man. I just got. I just drove home. and <laughs> I had more classes. <laughs> I had more classes. Yeah, yeah, but I was yeah. like, I should witness this. This is going to be special. So I went home and watched the rest of the game and skipped the rest of my classes for that day. And it was amazing. I don't regret it for one minute. Again, bad study habits, bad student. But that passion... 
got me here. So it all worked out, man. I miss stuff like that, man. I miss stuff like that happening. We just don't seem to have... Rami, I'm not sure we'll ever see another no-hitter. We might. Has there been one? I think there was one this year. Yeah, Mike Fires threw one this year. Or was that last year? No, he threw one last year and then again this year. Again this I think year. Mike Fires had one this year, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, they're becoming more and more rare. Yeah. And less special. You know and what I mean? mean? And and stuff like that is, I mean, to me, if if you're a casual fan and you can't find something like that entertaining because all you care about is seeing the ball go over the fence all the time, then I... I don't know. Right. I don't I, I I don't I don't even know like how to feel about that or what to even say to that. Do we have time real quick uh since we're talking about the All-Star game for the Jose Barrios Javi Baez thing cuz yes. Thad Levine is going to join us in a few minutes. I don't want to make him wait. But so, do we have time to play this real quick? Oh yes, we do. So okay. I'll just set this up if you missed the game last night. Jose there were so many things that happened in this basic basically 30 second sequence. You've got Three members of the Houston Astros mic'd up in the field. I think it's Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman, and George Springer. You've got Jose Barrios facing his brother-in-law, Javier Baez. Right. And then on the first pitch to Baez, it, it, you know, you get a fly out. But I'll just play the whole sequence here. It'll bring in Javier Baez now trying to rescue that leadoff double by Marte. He was out there with nobody out. He's out there with two out. I tell you what, it is hard to see over Lemayhew. This dude's gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Springer out there? It's the biggest second baseman I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> fly Come ball on, into left. Come on, Mike. I got it. 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 Yeah. boy, Mike. I got it. I got it. I got it. Was Michael Brantley catching the ball in left field, waving off Jorge Polanco, yeah. who was coming out from short yeah. to make the play. So and those that was two great. Got- Javi Baez and Jose Brios, like you said, brothers-in-law. Literally, we're not using that term correct. loosely. Yep, Brothers, they are, they their are, wives, their are, wives sisters. are sisters. Correct. Yep. Um, but they were jawing at each other and like joking around, which you don't get in the regular season, and you don't right. want to see in the regular season. I want them taking the game a little bit more seriously. Yeah. But they were jawing at each other from home plate to the mound, and Francisco Lindor, fellow Puerto Rican, was getting in on the action too and hollering <laughs> stuff at Javi. That was that was cool. And that's type that of stuff fun. you only get in the All Star game. But again, I'm just talking when this conversation we've been having here in the first segment of the show, I'm talking about the style of the game and people saying that we need more balls in play. We got that last night in the All-Star game, and I'm mm-hmm. guessing most people who t- tuned in because it was the All-Star game who don't normally watch baseball were like, oh, okay, this is, this is why I don't watch baseball. I really I, two home runs, though. Two home runs and, what did I say, 42 balls in play? Yeah, yeah 40, like 42 that. balls in play. Cool. That's you got it, and you got a quick game, Rob Manfred. By the way, Rob Manfred, one of the dumbest Rob Manfred quotes in the history of Rob Manfred quotes, and that's saying something. I want to get to that before we get out of here at 1 o'clock. But Thad Levine, the GM of your first place, Minnesota Twins, joins us next on the Score North First Place Twins show, live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. We're back right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.
your Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Muncie knocks it down. A run scores. Safe at first on the RBI by Polanco, and it's 2-0 American League. Goes down as an RBI hit, not an error. Polanco, one of the fastest players in the game, gets down the line in a blink. Bet the call on Fox last night for Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. This is D-Score North, first place Twins show, live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 69. I'm Rami Makloff, along with Manny Hill, and joining us now on the show, he is the general manager of your Minnesota Twins. It is Thad Levine. Thad, thanks for a few minutes. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. By the way, if you need to hang up with us at any moment because you're engineering a deal before the trade deadline, feel free. Just say, guys, got to go. Tell us what the trade is before you hang up so we get the breaking news, and then just go and take care of business. That, all right? Well, now that you mentioned, I'm actually getting a call on the other line, but I'll just put that one on hold for a second. No, don't do that. We don't want to cost you something. <laughs> Dad, want... If you're going to make a trade, then, I mean, by all means, we can let you go. We don't want to cost you Bumgarner. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't want somebody to take that call before you do. Thad, let me let me ask you this. As as a general manager and as somebody in a front office, and, and it's not your first go-around in, in a front office of a major league team that's that's in a playoff hunt, Things got real comfortable there for Twins fans for a while. I think the lead got to about 11, 11 and a half. And I don't want to say that all Twins fans are hitting the panic alarm now, but some are, and to say the least, the rest are less comfortable than they used to be. As a general manager, do you ever have the luxury of getting comfortable because your team is so far up, or is that just not your mindset? It really never is. I mean, I think you have to have the utmost respect for the competitors that you're fighting tooth and nail with to, to get to the end of the season. I think we're also just so aware of how long this season is. But I think one thing that's transpired as the season has unfolded here is, you know, when you when you are the team that is the underdog, the team that doesn't have a ton of expectations heaped on top of it, it's a little bit easier. It's easier to chase down your foe. And I think even though we've been in first place for the majority of the season, it probably wasn't until about maybe June 1st or so that the national writers started talking about us as a team to watch. And I think at that point, expectations shifted onto our shoulders. And I think that's where your real character develops as a team and as a championship caliber team. When you're being chased and when you're being hunted, it's a little bit more tiring and a little bit more exhausting. And so that's where we are right now in this part of the season. We're trying to redefine ourselves as a bona fide contender in the central, not just as kind of a acute team on the come up, uh, that is trying to threaten the Cleveland Indians. We're now trying to hold them off, and that's quite a different challenge. And I think our team is going to certainly be up for it. But the, the, the race got a lot closer in the last uh, two to three weeks. I think that makes it all that more exciting for our players and for our fans. Talking with Thad Levine, Twins general manager here on the Score North First Place Twins show. Thad, when we when we talk about the trade deadline getting closer, do you? I know that there haven't been a lot of moves, but in terms of the the activity, the phone calls, and, and I'm sure you talk to other people in front offices around the league. Is it heating up sooner and and the wheels starting to turn a little sooner and a little faster than usual with the single trade deadline now and no waivers after July 31st? I think it's a great question. We're all trying to like live that in the moment right now to just see how things are going to unfold. I, I do feel as if uh, in June and in, in the early part of July so far, it feels a lot like a seller's market, which is to say that I think that the teams that are willing to sell and to be first to market as sellers, they're asking for quite a bit in return for their, for their players' rentals and otherwise. 
my expectation is that we, as we get closer to July 31st, it may shift a little bit. The seesaw may may shift a little bit more towards the buyers, where it may become a little bit more of a buyer's market as there will be more defined sellers on the market uh, when teams have to make a little bit of an earlier decision than they, they, they did in years past. Teams in the past have been able to play the month of August and make adjustments to their teams through the waiver process and making acquisitions then. They're not going to be able to do that anymore. So I think uh, you know teams will have to make decisions. The teams are kind of are in the mid-range right now that are flirting with contention. Uh, they're going to have to decide whether they're going to make a pushed push in or if they're going to to take a step back i think at that point there'll be a lot more clarity on the market and there may be more opportunities to buy so we're we're being patient right now Uh, at the same time we're in constant conversation with the clubs to understand exactly what the asking price will be to improve our team and i think we'll be ready to strike when we feel those deals are ready to be to be had Thad, take me through the the process of how um how your your plan over the course of the you know the first half of the season if you will can change um depending on you know how the team is performing and you know maybe some injury that you may have to deal with um over the course of the season we've seen um a couple of members of the team just deal with a few things here or there in the last few weeks but as you're approaching the the trade deadline how much of that um weighs in on uh any moves any potential moves that you may make uh, but by July 31st. Well, I think as you guys can probably appreciate in the off season when we're not playing games, we lay out plans that we feel could be productive towards playing in the playoffs in, in, in the upcoming season. And almost never in my career have those plans gone to, to plan. It's always, you know, there's, there's, there's an adjustment to be made. This, this season, adjustments are all are abound, whether it's a few injuries that we've sustained in the season, guys stepping up that maybe we, we weren't fully expecting to do as well as they have. Uh, but then there's also the team performance. You know, I think when we spoke this offseason about plans for 2019, we, we talked about our offseason planning was we were trying to improve the 2019 team as best as we could. Uh, without necessarily doing harm to the team's 2020 and beyond because we felt that was the window really for us to succeed. Well, we may be a year ahead of plan, and I think that that in and of itself really drives our decision-making this year. We have to be willing to make adjustments. We have to honestly look at our team and feel if it's ready to strike right now. If it is, we can't miss on those opportunities. So I think a lot has changed from this offseason to now. A lot has changed from, quite frankly, June to now in terms of what our, our needs may be as a team I think we do feel very strongly that the, the offensive unit has, has been a real contributor on this team. Our starting pitching has done great, and our bullpen continues to battle. The next line of defense we have that we are constantly trying to mold, uh, both in the big leagues and in AAA, maybe a little bit more rich on the offensive side than it is necessarily on the pitching side. So I think we're going to be continue to look at opportunities to bolster our pitching uh, and then hope that our offensive pieces start getting a little bit healthier. You referenced it a little bit earlier, but we, we've sustained a few injuries here heading into the All-Star break. We are optimistic that those guys are getting healthier as we speak so they can hit the ground running come the second half of the season. When you say, and we're talking with Thad Levine, Twins GM here on the Score North First Place Twins show, when when you say it's a year ahead of schedule, would you admit or say that you guys are surprised by how good this team has been as a whole in individual performances on the roster? Because I've talked to other GMs and front office guys in the past, and they almost never want to admit that. They always want to project the utmost confidence in the guys that they have on their roster, and I get that, and there's a number of reasons why you would do that. But are you guys surprised by how good this team is and some of the individual performances on this team throughout the first half of the season? 
Well, I, I guess I'd first ask how many people are actually listening to the show to see if I'm willing, really willing to be totally honest. <laughs> Nobody. It's just us, Ben. Just us. No okay, one. well, this is the three of us talking. Yeah, just us. I, you know, I, I think we had optimism around this team. We, we saw the core of this club perform well in different spurts in 2017 and 18. And I think something that we've said uh, this offseason is that between our core young players, some of them took steps forward in 17 and some did in 18. Very few took steps forward in both 17 and 18. So I think we saw a vision where these guys could all take a step forward together. What could we achieve? And we thought we could be a real contender in the American League Central. Now, to be fair, we had not seen that yet. So I think there's some level of excitement, enthusiasm, if you want to say surprise. I think that's fair uh, around this team because we're, we're seeing something that maybe we had not seen before, which was kind of this young group of players galvanized together at the big league level. I think we've uh, you know been able to benefit from the impact of some really key off-season acquisitions. So it's not just been our young core, but it's been this group that we brought in from the outside, some a little bit of a veteran presence. And then the stabilization of a starting rotation, I think, has been significant and can't go without notice. So I would say we're, we're pleasantly surprised with how the team's performed, but I don't think this is out of left field because I think we've seen all of these guys perform at this level at some point in their careers. Just them doing it together is what's made this team so special. So, Thad, when you get closer to the deadline, it's, it's uh, I think, yeah, it's literally three weeks away from today, July 31st. Um, how much... Does how much does what other teams, other contending teams around, certainly around the American League, and you, I, you know, we're thinking about the Yankees and the Astros, obviously come to mind immediately. How much of what they may do in the trade deadline or in the trade market uh, determines what you guys may do, or how aggressive you guys might be, or do you guys look more internally of what's going on internally with the team um, as a sort of a deciding factor of? How, how aggressive you may be as the deadline approaches? So I, I think I'd answer that a few ways from, from kind of like a real big picture sense. When we're, we're going into the deadline, I think we have to look at how the team's performing, both, both just from a record standpoint, but also a little bit more sophisticated. What are the underlying metrics suggest? Are we exceptionally lucky? Have, has every ball bounced our way? Or do we feel the team is as good as the record suggests? And so once we make that judgment, which I certainly think we feel this team is every bit as good as the record indicates. And then while we've had some good fortune, you know, the run differential certainly indicates that this is an extremely strong contending team. So that's kind of first litmus test for us. But then second, I think we're a little bit more focused on what we identify as things we can control. So what we feel we can control is trying to play home playoff games. And how do we achieve that? And we achieve that by winning our division rather than entering as a wild card entrance. And so I think our focus is to still really respect the Cleveland Indians, the rest of the American League Central. How do we figure out a way to get to the end of the season where we are in first place in our division such that we can play home playoff games? What what the Yankees and Red Sox and Houston Astros and Texas Rangers and Anaheim Angels and Oakland Athletics and all the other playoff contending teams Tampa Bay Rays do is somewhat out of our control. Uh, we, We aspire to play those teams in the playoffs. But first things first, we want to establish ourselves as a bona fide contender in the American League Central year in and year out and unseat the Cleveland Indians. 
Thad, doing what we do for a living here on Score North, a lot of what we do is speculation, especially with a team as good as the Minnesota Twins and the Major League Baseball trade deadline coming up. We speculate a lot, and we throw around a lot of names that we'd like to see you guys go out and get, but we also then have to throw out the names that you'd give up to go and get those guys. And I'm not going to name any names because I know you can't operate like that, but there are certain prospects we bring up. People go, no, 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 that's a non-starter. We're not trading that guy. Do you do you guys operate with untouchables in your system or on your major major league roster, or will you listen to just about any offer? I, I, I think the way we view it is there are a number of players that we aren't going to call another team and include them in a deal. But certainly I think our job is anytime a team picks up the phone and calls us and says, Hey, would you talk about so and so is to at least understand what we could get in return for that player. I think that's our obligation to our fan base, I think that's our obligation to our team, quite frankly, is to see what we can do to, to put the best organization together for the foreseeable future. So there are a number of players I would say that, you know, neither Derek, myself, Rob Anthony, we're not going to pick up the phone and call another team and say, hey, do you have interest in this player or that player? But if they're calling us and saying, hey, we're, we're offering you some of the best major league players in, in the game, would you talk about this young player I think we at least owe it to our fan base, our ownership, and to our our team to at least entertain those conversations and at least flesh them out internally before we just objectively say we're we're not going to trade those players come come heck or high water. By by definition, there there are players that we probably would trade almost every one of our player for if they became available in the marketplace. Is this an easier time, like a week like this, All Star Week, where the team doesn't play for? For a handful of days, is this a little bit easier for guys like you and you and Derek, where because the team isn't playing games right now, at least not until Friday, that it's it's a little bit easier to focus on what the plan can be for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so you know it's it's kind of crazy. The working in baseball is such a blessing. I would say the two weeks of the year that are a little bit slower than most is the All Star Game and then the week of Christmas to to New Year's where I think the, the rest of the industry kind of respects the fact that this is the, the few opportunities to get away, re, recharge your batteries, connect to your families. And so I think there's a lot more internal conversations than maybe external conversations during this time, which is not to say that uh, between Derek and myself, we haven't had a few conversations with clubs, but I'd say the majority of them have been more with our scouts, with our analytics folks, as we're trying to devise plans so that when we get back to the office on Monday, we're hitting the ground running because we expect as we start winding down the last two weeks of this trade deadline, things are going to start heating up very quickly and we're going to need to be very nimble and ready to act. Thad, one more for you and more of a, a big picture baseball question than, than the Minnesota Twins specifically. During the All-Star break, Rob Manfred, Justin Verlander, us here on Score North, and, and baseball fans and pundits everywhere, there's been a lot of talk about the game itself and, and rules changes, juice baseballs, whatever the case might be, to, to, to make the game more entertaining and draw in more fans. Is that something that you ever even consider, or are you just focused on how do I win baseball games? No, I, I, you know, at the heart of this, uh, we're all fans, first and foremost. I mean, we're, we're blessed to work in an industry uh, of, about a sport that we absolutely love. I mean, nobody's a bigger fanatic than the guys who work in the front office. So uh, believe, believe it or not, we, we spent countless hours in the office talking about our own vision of how could the game change for the better and what types of things would be really true progress in the game and that may endear the game to the next, the next generation of fans because I think we all remember so fondly going to games with with our parents or grandparents when we were kids and being so 
enthusiastic about it. And so we're trying to recapture that for the next generation of fans, uh, you know, in Twins territory and across across the United States and Canada. So we're, we're right there with every fan trying to come up with some of those ideas. We, we just have the forum uh, and the good fortune to be able to meet with Rob Manford every year at the GM meetings and sometimes throw a few of those out for discussion. And, you know, I think he weighs those things very heavily. And I think that's certainly something he's focused on day in and day out. But but certainly the guys in the front office are spending countless hours on that. Thad, do you want to break any news before we let you go? Did you get a text or anything finalizing a trade? Do we have anything to announce here? I, I got a text from my wife saying, I'm, uh, come on inside, we're going to go grab some lunch. Okay, that's and that's I, that's a transaction of sorts. I don't think for anything. But <laughs> I, 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 would, I fully expect, fellas, in the next next couple of weeks, things will really start reaching a fever pitch. If you, if you look online and the many websites that track these trades over the last couple of years, Usually, you know, around July 15th, July 16th, things start rolling a little bit and we start priming the pumps. And then once it gets into the, the 20s of July, things start really heating up. And you start having deals every day. And then certainly in the last 72 hours, things become fast and furious. And we're, we're going to be ready for that. And that's what we're expecting. Well, Thad, thanks for the time. Great job and congratulations on the first half. Now let's uh, let's finish the job and, and close out these Indians. We appreciate it, Thad. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. There's Thad Levine, the uh, Twins general manager, joining us mm-hmm. here on the Score North first place Twins show. He's saying moves are about moves are going to happen. Yeah, essentially, I, I tend to think they're going to make a move of some sort, or two, or three in the next couple of weeks. I got to think. Really appreciate Thad Levine joining us here. If uh, you missed any of that, it'll be up shortly uh, at scorenorth.com and on the Score North mobile app. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. Want to talk about uh, that Rob Manfred guy, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. You're listening to the Score North first place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 69. We're back after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. I'm Manny Hill. This Score North download is brought to you by My Pillow. We just had Twins GM Thad Levine on the uh, Score North Twin Show in the last segment. And uh, here's what he had to say about the thought of whether or not this team should be concerned about what's going on in the rest of the American League as they make the march to the playoffs. What, what the Yankees and Red Sox and Houston Astros and Texas Rangers and Anaheim Angels and Oakland Athletics and all the other playoff contending teams Tampa Bay Rays do is somewhat out of our control. Uh, we, we aspire to play those teams in the playoffs. But first things first, we want to establish ourselves as a bona fide contender in the American League Central year in and year out and unseat the Cleveland Indians. And uh, be sure to check out scorenorth.com and that Score North mobile app uh, moments after the Score North Twin Show when me and Rami are done with that to uh, check out that entire interview with Thad Levine if you may have missed it. Now back to final segment of the Score North Twin Show. Rami? Thank you, Manny. It is the Score North First Place Twin Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number is 69. And uh, like Manny said, if you missed any of that interview with Thad Levine coming up shortly after we wrap up the Score North First Place Twin Show at 1 o'clock, you can go back and listen to it anytime you want at scorenorth.com and on that Score North mobile app, which is free, free, free. It's available for Apple and Android. You can subscribe and download all your five favorite podcasts. Leave us those sweet sweet five-star ratings or listen live stream the show live on the app and uh, you rack up points to earn rewards from us because we love you here at score north and it's also your one-stop shop for all written content from us here 
at scorenorth.com. I really enjoyed that conversation with Ad Levine, Manny, because mm-hmm. he had the air of confidence, but not cockiness or comfortability. That, yeah, this has been a really good season. And I love that he admitted that, yes, it probably is a better season than what we expected. Like I said to him, mm-hmm. most GMs won't admit that to you. Even if right. they're even if they're in a rebuilding phase, a lot of GMs will try and sell you the BS line of, oh, no, we expect to compete. You never know what can happen. And even after the fact, when they surprise people, they'll give you the old, no, we saw this coming. We had a plan and we right. knew this was coming. He said this. they arrived a year earlier than they maybe expected them to, and it's great the start that they got off to, but it's clear that Thad Levine and that Twins front office, they know there is still work to be done before the trade deadline to put themselves in a much better position than what they are in now. I think they felt very confident in the progress going into the season. They felt very confident in the progress that they had made in the offseason with the acquisition. They felt good about what, what they had done, but I don't think they anticipated it being 56-33 and 33 at the All-Star break and on pace to break the Major League record for home runs in a season as right. a team. Right, So. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they felt pretty good about what they had done, but I think I don't think they expected the success for them to have would be at this magnitude, at and, this level. And like he said, when he hung up with us, he wouldn't give me the juice. He wouldn't give me the news and tell us what was happening. But he did say, expect business to pick up here in the next couple of weeks. That was yeah. the GM of your Minnesota Twins saying that to us here on the Score North First Place Twins show. So I think obviously, make something happen. Moves are moves are coming. How big a moves, how many moves, we don't know, but moves are a coming. Uh, Rob Manford, the commissioner of Major League. My guy. guy. (laughs) The guy whose job I'm trying to take, because I'd be so much better at it than he is. (laughs) On ESPN last night, talking about proposed changes in baseball. The preponderance of stupid and missing the point in such a short quote by Rob Manfred is downright impressive here. Listen to this, Manny. Okay. It's important sometimes to drop back 10 yards. And remember, we have the greatest game in the world. Let's break that down. Let's break down what Rob Manfred just said right there. Okay. It's important sometimes to drop back 10 yards. And remember, we have the greatest game in the world. First of all, your metaphor, your analogy, Rob Manfred. Reference the most popular sport in the country. That's beating the crap out of you right now. That's what you used to illustrate mm-hmm. that you have the greatest game in the world. Drop back 10 yards. Drop. Secondly, that's not an expression. That's not a thing anybody says. Manny, have you ever heard anybody say, use the metaphor or the analogy? You know, I think we all just need to drop back 10 yards here and take I've, a look at I've the situation. Never, I have never heard that before. That's never happened. That's not that's that not before. a thing. He used it like it was an, ex- an expression, and it's not an expression, <laughs> and he used a sport that's more popular than your sport to try and make his point that they have the greatest sport. And on top of that, Rob Manfred, if you have the greatest game in the world, why do you want to change it so much instead of just marketing it better, instead of just providing more digital content for those 25 to 40-year-olds that you covet so much, instead of just, I don't know, fixing your blackout restrictions that don't let people watch games digitally in the market that they live in. Like, there's so much wrong with the way that this game is marketed and distributed. 
But Rob Manfred wants to change rules. He wants a universal DH. He wants a... I'm I'm down with the pitch clock. That's one of the things he wants to do Mm -hmm. that I'm okay with. But he wants universal DH. He wants to rule that pitchers have to pitch to three batters. He wants to change the game that he says in his stupid analogy is the the greatest greatest game game in in the world. world instead of just changing the way that he markets it and distributes it to the fans who he wants to attract. And what's interesting too, Rami, is... Baseball has a really big opportunity here. Now, we we know the the greatest player in the game today, Mike Trout, is, for the most part, he's kind of dull, and he's not, you know, he's, he's not a very exciting or charismatic person. He doesn't have the it factor from a personality right. standpoint. He's a great player. And, and a nice guy. And, and a super nice guy, guy, a good dude and everything. But we don't get to see him on TV a lot. He doesn't really have much of a personality. So we have, you know, we have that there, but you also have a young crop of players that are younger than Mike Trout. Mike Trout's what, 27, 28, somewhere in that like that. Yeah. But you've got a, a nice young crop of guys who are younger than Mike Trout that have a chance with their personalities and the way they play to really captivate a lot of casual baseball fans that may not otherwise may not be really interested in watching the sport. Right. You've got to, you, you have an opportunity here to, to make this game even more popular than what it is right now. Don't, don't screw it up. The other thing he don't could screw do, screw it up. The other thing that baseball could do, and this is something that the NFL mastered and then the NBA followed their lead, is how you manage your calendar to capitalize mm-hmm. on when you have the stage to yourself. And Major League Baseball is terrible about that. Yeah. And they need to do something about the way that free agency has gone the last few years. Because look at the NBA. and There was probably, I don't know this for a fact, but if you look at social media, there was probably more buzz around NBA free agency than there actually was about the NBA Finals. Than there actually was about the game itself. And that's what Major League Baseball needs to create. And they used to have that, and it just sort of happened organically when they were when they were the king mm-hmm. of American sports. It, it's just so, sort of something that happened organically. But as they've fallen down the ladder of, of popular sports in America and other sports, namely the NFL and the NBA, have gotten so much better at managing that calendar and creating buzz and storylines around their sport Major League Baseball has just fallen in by the wayside and, and is stuck in the past in the way that they do that. And they keep on digging a deeper hole for themselves from that standpoint. The, the NFL and the NBA has mastered the ability to keep themselves relevant 365 days right. a year. Right. And baseball has, and Rob Manfred being the commissioner of baseball is at the forefront of this and he... He is the face of where baseball is right now. They have not done a very good job. From the time that the World Series ends all the way up to spring training, it's it's a grind in terms of finding ways for that sport to be relevant and interesting and talked about. I mean, the, the whole Machado-Bryce Harper thing was... It was interesting for the first few days of right. free agency, but there was no, there was never some any, point, there was, there was never any room to, to, to have any sort of speculation about where they could go because there was just nothing. Nobody was talking to anybody because they wanted, you know, a certain amount of years on their contracts and they want a certain amount of money. And it was just like 
come on, is somebody is something gonna happen here? Give me something. Yeah, it was nothing was going on. It wasn't like with Kevin Durant. Will he go to the Knicks? Will he go to Brooklyn? Right. Will he stay in Golden State? It was just nothing. We were talking about what Kevin Durant was going to do during the All Star break of the NBA. Right. Yeah. We were we were speculating on is Kevin Gar- is uh Kevin Durant gonna stay with the Warriors? What's gonna happen here? We weren't doing that with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado last year. I literally could not. It took me like five times to read that quote, Manny, to comprehend it, to really soak it in. I know. It's important sometimes to drop back 10 yards and remember we have the greatest game in the world. He just misses on so many levels with that. Yeah. I, I, so many levels. I just, I, 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 think I had high hopes to, for Rob Manfred when he became the commissioner took over for because, of, because of what he was saying he needed to do for the game, but the tactics yeah. that he's taking to do those things. He sees the flaws. He sees he sees the holes in the swing to use an analogy that actually makes sense Rob Manfred mm-hmm. he sees the holes in the swing for major league baseball in terms of drawing that younger audience and like Thad Levine said making this a game that the next generation gloms onto he sees what the problems are but the ways that he wants to take to fix those problems are just they miss the point by so much it's not even close he misses it by so much in most of the things that he wants to do to help Major League Baseball. At the end of the day, he has to be honest with himself and look at what's going on with the game. And, and you and I, we both love the sport and we're going to... We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Right. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not huge on the amount of home runs that are getting hit over the fence. I'm a more of a kind of a throwback baseball fan. Is like I like a mix of doubles and triples along with the home runs but if the home runs continue to skyrocket and go at a higher rate then i'm not going to stop watching baseball because i love the sport that much right but i mean he's gotta he's gotta be honest with himself and you know try and figure out how this game is actually going to be better and more popular because the nfl and the nba ain't going anywhere nope they are sprinting. They are sprinting with confidence along that track. And baseball is huffing and puffing, trying to catch up. Right. And the gap is the gap is widening. Speaking of home runs and the popularity of baseball, I know we're running out of time here, but mm-hmm. uh, some excerpts have come out from Bud Selig's new book. Yeah. And part of it is he's talking about Barry Bonds chasing down Hank Aaron's career home run record and calls it miserable. Says he was miserable that whole season. Anyone he, he said River, he said he wouldn't say it out loud. He would never complain publicly because that was that would be a bad look. But anyone who <laughs> knew him, he said at the time, would have would have told you that he was miserable and not enjoying it. And because of the obvious controversy, but also because Bud Selig says Barry Bonds quote wasn't likable. So the guy who was pretty much the enabler who oversaw who, the steroid who oversaw era. the steroid era and really did nothing to try and rectify it at the time because of what it was doing for the game of baseball at that time is now saying that he was miserable because Barry Bonds broke the home run record. I wasn't miserable, um, but I didn't care. I really it, didn't. It didn't yeah. move the meter at all for me when Barry Bonds broke that record. I'm I'm very indifferent on Barry Bonds. Like I'm not the guy that's going to champion for him to be in the hall of fame. If he gets into the hall of fame, I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. If he doesn't, I'm cool with that. I don't it's, want it's, him anywhere. It's near. fine. I mean, I, I just, 
it felt a little bit different when he when he broke the when he broke Hank Aaron's record when he broke McGuire's record the single season record I didn't really care that much I wasn't shedding a tear for Mark McGuire because I kind of figured he was juicing too right but when he broke Aaron's record it was kind of like eh. But the difference, right, well, the difference okay. from the Maguire Sosa saga to the Barry Bond saga is that somewhere in between all that, we found out. You know mm. what I mean? Some of us were ahead of the curve a little bit and knew. I'll admit, I was naive. I was blind to what was going on while mm. Sosa and Maguire were chasing down those home run records. And I don't know if it's if how much of it is because I I grew up a Cubs fan, but I was glued like. ESPN and all sports networks at that time were cutting into every Cubs game, every Cardinals game, whenever McGuire or Sosa were up to show their at-bats, like no matter what was going on. And if I was in front of a TV, I did not miss that. Like I was enthralled by that. I was glued to my TV by the Sosa-McGuire home run chase. By the time Barry Bonds came around, we saw the charade that that all this was, Mm -hmm. and it really lost its luster for me. And looking back on it, the Sosa McGuire era lost its luster for me. Like that doesn't hold a special place in my baseball heart anymore. Yeah. It, was, it was all fraudulent and really means nothing to me now. As fun as it was and as much as it meant while it was going on, it meant nothing. And I feel like if we didn't know Barry Bonds was cheating, I would have had the same feeling about it at mm-hmm. the time. But we found out. We knew what was going on. And especially, I felt especially, nothing for it. Especially you look back at the McGuire thing now, too. It's like he... Hits, he hits number 62, and he goes over and hugs Roger Maris's family, and it's just like, dude. Hug Sosa. Remember Sosa ran oh, in yeah, from the Sosa outfield? Yeah, Sosa was there. Yeah, yeah. It was just, ugh. I was crying. I was crying, and now, now it means nothing. Yeah. Now it means absolutely <laughs> nothing. That's going to do it for the Score North First Place Twins Show. Thanks again to Twins GM Thad Levine for joining us. Raised by Wolves coming up next, talking about Tyus Jones, Russell Westbrook, NBA free agency, all that coming up on Score North. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.